Hey everybody, we are back with another edition of What We're Playing. It's a show where we talk about what we're playing. I, I guess that's fairly intuitive. It's implied by the title. How's it going, Jenny? <laughs> it's going good. I say if it gets the job done, it's done a good job. So <laughs> <laughs> this title works very well. That seems fair. My name's Josh. I run Intelligame. It's a game culture criticism site, and we make connections between games and the world around us. Jenny is our Intelligame curator. She spends time playing amazing games and then helping us figure out which ones we're going to play for our Intelligame Club, our monthly book club style discussion series. So, whoop, whoop. Yup. But sometimes we just talk about the games that we're playing because we we play games for fun at the same time as we play them for, for work too. So, Jenny, what have you been playing? Well, I still have not stopped the Animal Crossing train that I've been riding since March <laughs> or whenever it came out. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I love that game. It's too good. And it really honestly warms my heart to see, you know, because on the Switch, for better or worse, you can see people and what they're playing. <laughs> yeah. At least I haven't turned that feature off. And it's really fun to see when other people are signing into Animal Crossing. And I just get this warm, fuzzy feeling in my heart like, oh, yeah, we're all still still in this together (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah i've been i've been deep in animal crossing world oh i forgot to mention but i finally finished final fantasy remake on hard mode oh really yeah it took a long time i actually (laughs) i should look at the hours it was definitely longer than the main game the main lining but yeah i still haven't hundred percented it so i need to go back but I like played through the entire story again on hard mode. So that is a feat that I'm very proud of. That's really cool. Yeah. How uh, how did it feel? Like, did you prefer the experience on hard mode? Did you like the combat more after you were familiar with the, set- the systems? So what was interesting to me going back into Final Fantasy VII Remake is like the first and foremost reason is I wanted to dive back into the world. But when I wanted to replay it, like, the the battle system is just so fun and so cool and i've almost i don't think i've ever had a game where i've gone gone back in just for the systems really like maybe celeste like maybe stardew just because it's fun to sort of figure out systems there but like for a battle system that's never happened for me and while it does have its quirks that I'm not a huge fan of. Like, I'm not a fan of the weapon leveling grid that they have in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, Mm -hmm. Overall, just it's been really fun to sort of pick it apart and find the builds that work for the different bosses and really just get strategic about it, which, again, not something I normally do with the games I play. Sure. I have played no Final Fantasy VII Remake this week. I don't know what it is that has been difficult to convince me to to get back in. I'm still excited about the game. I still want to see what happens, but I, I seem to have lost some of my momentum for for diving into deep story this week when I, mm-hmm. I look at some of the games I took on. But yeah, I'm I'm glad that you had a good time with that. Also, you know, actually it's interesting because Animal Crossing I didn't play this week either. Um I think it's I think it's because I didn't buy turnips. Like <laughs> You're like, if I can't be in the stock market, I can't play this game. <laughs> well, it, it's just like the, I think we had talked about it before. I don't have a lot of furniture in my house. Mm-hmm. I find it hard to find stuff that I want to put in my house. I pretty much just like water flowers 
and get turnips. Right. And I forgot to buy turnips on Sunday. And so I just like didn't end up logging in to check prices. And I'm I'm going to do it this Sunday, I think. But yeah, I don't know. That's so funny. <laughs> so weird. Have you spent a lot of time on other people's islands in Animal Crossing? Strangely, well, or maybe not so strangely enough, uh, no. It's funny because I enjoy seeing and hearing about other people's experiences as they play, but I have always grown up to be such a solo gamer that it's still very weird for me to visit other people's islands or collaborate or like do that kind of thing. Like I think even when I was playing like Final Fantasy online, I always tended to play kind of by myself which I think is just a the product of me growing up and maybe only playing with my brother, but we would be sitting next to each other and like passing the controller back and forth kind of thing. Sure. Um, so even like when we were playing together, we were still playing single player games. So yeah, I haven't done too much visiting of other islands. I have a friend where he and I, we've had a couple of hangouts uh, where, you know, we can't hang out in person anymore. And so we're like, hey, let's just like get on the phone and while we're talking, like hang out on each other's islands and like just have something to do, you know? <laughs> and so um, we've done that a couple times, but yeah, pretty much, honestly, I will log in and I'm the opposite of you. I think every other week, maybe do the turnip stock market, but I very, I always forget or kind of don't really have too much interest in it because I'm very mm -hmm. okay with the slow burn of the game. And so I will literally log in just to like walk around my island and just sort of beam with pride at my villagers <laughs> i'll like sit on a bench or i don't know sam cracks up whenever he watches me play because he's like what are, you, what are you doing now you know because he wants to connect you know because animal crossing is not his kind of game at all sure and i'm just like well right now i'm changing my outfit so i can have a spa day in the bathroom that i made <laughs> he's like wait you can actually like do spa day and i'm like well no but I can lie here for a few minutes and enjoy the music and that's my spa day. <laughs> and he just is, I think that that element of role playing kind of goes over his head a little bit, but yeah. I think there is something to being able to have this space where you can create sort of your own worlds and interactions, right? Like it, mm -hmm. it goes back a little bit to like being super young and just like playing pretend or use your imagination, right? Like. Mm -hmm. It's not the same as like sitting in the yard and being like, no, there's a pool here. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it kind of is, you know, we're creating these spaces where we get to, to explore or be like, oh, see, and now my character's sitting down for a picnic with, you know, with friends. Like you can only eat one of like six things in mm -hmm. the game, but <laughs> it doesn't stop you from being like, oh, let me bring this thing and some plates and you know being able to essentially create the the window dressing mm -hmm. can sometimes feel satisfying enough yeah actually wait i do remember i have been playing two other games too that are okay. the same thing <laughs> i just remembered <laughs> <laughs> um okay so i have been jumping back into cadence of hyrule mm -hmm. which i finished you know back when it came out in like what last june almost a year ago now i guess okay so I've been jumping back into that because I've been under kind of this like 
rhythm game urge, rhythm game kick, and Cadence of Hyrule, for those who aren't familiar, it's a spin-off. So it's Legend of Zelda. It's in the same world, similar characters, but reimagined as a roguelike rhythm game. And this was a really cool title because Brace Yourself Games, which is an indie developer, got the green light from Nintendo to take the IP of Zelda and mesh it with their IP, which is Crypt of the Necrodancer, which is where the rhythm game comes in. And so this game, I think this is just one of my favorite indie games out there because it's just so superbly done and it's in such a nice little package. Like if you know the game, you could beat it in a couple of hours. And so it's a really nice like weekend experience, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And they do a lot of really neat things that make it accessible to people who maybe don't care about the rhythm aspect as well. So if you just want a roguelike, that's possible. Okay. But yeah, I've been jumping into that and it's been really nice to sort of, again, I think nostalgia has been a thing for me in the past couple of weeks, just like what makes me feel cozy. And so mm-hmm. Cadence is that element of like, it's got Nintendo, which is very cozy because I was a Nintendo kid growing up and it's got indie. So it's like kind of <laughs> meshed both of my loves together. And then I've also been playing a lot of Just Dance to try and like, get some semblance of a workout into my life that's fair yeah that's fair uh, so been on the switch a lot i i tell you cadence of hyrule looks really good to me i have uh i played crypt of the necrodancer back in the day and mm-hmm. i love rhythm games so having that sort of like retro aesthetic seems a lot of fun but how's the music for i mean i imagine they've taken and sort of revamped a lot of legend of zelda music yeah it's I feel like I used to know this and I don't quite remember exactly, but I think you have the main themes of Zelda, but you have like two versions in each area. So you have the enemy version where if in the part of the grid you're at, there are enemies active. Once you defeat the enemy, it'll go into like a calmer version, but it's, yeah, it's got that chiptune retro feel. It's just the soundtrack's really, really great. If you are a fan of that kind of music. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And Just Dance is still, uh, uh, now you're playing Just Dance on the Switch? I am, which I was really skeptical about at first, to be honest, Um, because I don't have, like, my PlayStation camera isn't working, and so I was like, well, I can't play it. Yeah, so I'm like, I can't do it the ideal way, which is through, like, the body tracking, and so I was like, well, I'll pick it up on the Switch and see what happens, and I was really skeptical because you have to hold the controller and then assumes you know, the movements that your body doing based on the placement and sort of angle and trajectory of the controller. Sure. It's better than I thought. As a person who dances, it's a little frustrating because there are certain small movements that don't, I don't think register with the controller. And so I'm like not getting the points that I feel like I should be getting. (laughs) (laughs) And when, and there's an online mode where you can compete in tournaments and there's ranks, little mini seasons where you can rank. And I found myself getting slightly competitive with it, but oh, I can't. Oh, I was wondering. Oh, yeah, but I can't because the controller is like, I'm not playing in the optimal way. So I need to look and see if the, um, and I think, but I'm not 100% sure, which is why I need to check. I think no matter what platform you play on, I think everyone's on the same leaderboards. Maybe. Oh, so, that would be interesting. Because I've been watching some Just Dance streamers just to like, have the music on and like watching the moves because some mm-hmm. of the difficult songs like the extreme levels i i was really pleasantly surprised at the actual difficulty of it like this is choreography i would learn in a class 
Oh, wow. You know, that I would take out in a dance class. And so mm-hmm. there are certain moves that you have to, or routines that you have to watch. And you, even as a dancer, I'm like not getting everything on the first or second time I play, which back at Just Dance, like three, which was the last time I played Just Dance, you know, it was mm-hmm. like, you do the same thing on one side, you do the same thing on the other. And it was like <laughs> the most rudimentary form of movement that you could have. So it's been really exciting jumping back into the series and they have K-pop. So that's all you actually need to know about this before you <laughs> go and get the game. <laughs> uh, I, as somebody who played back in Just Dance 3, like those those rudimentary moves are quite above my skill level. So. <laughs> Uh, I'm quite intimidated by the prospect of like I'm a dancer and I need and I then I need to stay home. Yeah, uh, I don't, it was well, wild. I have to say, like I went to YouTube and as I was googling the dance moves, I was like, I'm I have never I never thought I would be doing this. Googling routines for a game. It was, <laughs> it was just kind of one of those surreal moments, but it was great. So I've been using this workout app right Mm -hmm. and it tells me do this many of these kinds of crunches do this many side raises whatever Mm -hmm. and one of the things that i think has been difficult is that i don't know if i'm doing those moves correctly when they say this is the exercise and i like tap the thing to read the instructions Mm -hmm. i still don't know like am i activating the right muscle groups is my form good am i I, I don't know at the end of it whether or not I've I've had an effective workout or if I've just done what I think are the motions. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like in Just Dance, people have that ability to move from doing whatever the like light or easy mode is up to those expert movements and like get those movements down well? Or does it feel like expert might be there for people who are professional dancers? You know, I, w- I was thinking about this actually, as I was Googling the movement, because I was thinking like, as as someone who dances, and I'm wanting to watch this without having the game on, but being able to like rewind and fast forward and, you know, slow things down. Like mm-hmm. as a dancer, if I'm having to do this, I wonder how other people play this. I think overall the game, and I know that I do have like a really, my experience definitely skews probably how I look at it. Perhaps compared to like you, if you were to play it, because you you don't dance very That's regularly. That's correct, and I'm regularly. continuing that trend. <laughs> I think overall they do a pretty good job of scaffolding between the levels. But what's interesting is that, and, and with a lot of songs, you have multiple iterations. So you'll have an easier version of the dance, and then you can unlock a harder version of the dance. And it's not always beginning to expert it's sometimes like this is a medium dance and you can unlock a hard version or it's like a light dance to a medium so there is a lot of variation in the levels of movement some of the interpretations and leveling i'm i'm like oh, i don't know this would be easier i think this is actually harder than they think oh. i haven't been able to find overall though it's it's pretty good this is like me coming at it with dance teacher <laughs> like, <laughs> lens what i would love to see and perhaps Again, because I am sort of jumping in in Just Dance 2020, whereas they've obviously had many iterations of this game. So maybe they did have this previously and got rid of it. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see a like more tutorialized area or the ability to watch a track and speed it up and slow it down in-game versus me having to go to somewhere like YouTube 
Because with the extreme routines, because the movement really only repeats once, you kind of have to watch it a couple times, I feel like, to get a sense of what's happening. And then it's happening so fast, you sometimes miss it and it just kind of extends the time it takes to learn. And again, maybe that's by design. And maybe the goal is just to get moving. (laughs) So that's why they don't have a slowdown mode. But um, I think for people like me who maybe want to perfect the moves, really hit it, maybe not hurt themselves when they do certain things that are like on the ground, then jump back, jump back up. Mm -hmm. That would be good. Yeah. I mean, the, I haven't been playing Beat Saber a lot lately uh, because I like rearranged my office and I don't have my PS4 in an area where it's like easy to move around still. Mm -hmm. But I feel like one of the reasons that I was able to skill up in Beat Saber is because they have a specific like it's not even like learning mode. It's just like you basically turn learning mode switch on in the same menu. And then you can choose the speed of playback mm-hmm. just with a like little dragged slider. And you can also drag to show where you want to start in the song. Oh, so that's if there's cool. a yeah, so if there's like a particular section in the middle of a song that I'm struggling with, I don't have to play the entire song at point six speed just to get to that one segment of the track that I'm trying to figure out the movement for. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like something like that would be really useful for Just Dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I personally would love to see something like that. But again, I'm sure if anyone listening to this has been following the series for a long time, maybe they have a reason as to why sure. <laughs> it's not in there. But yeah, so I've been in rhythm game town, but you've been in, I think, quite a different zone. Yeah, this has been a really really atypical week. I, like I said earlier, haven't been keeping up with my Final Fantasy Mm VII. I did play Final Fantasy XIII again on stream, which I'm still enjoying. Uh, We had some some plot revelations that were fun, and I did not get hung up on the same (laughs) boss for an hour. Yay! Yeah, that was great. (laughs) Um, I still am actually, I've reached another point where I'm stuck there are like two potential fights to go through and I, yeah, it's just, I'm stuck. So I have to go back and like level up my weapons and stuff like that. And I decided I'd do that off stream because I don't think that that's engaging for anybody. So I'm going to count this as a, as a, what I've played because it technically took place in a game. I attended the game developers carnival, which is a virtual game festival that was run inside a space called your world your world is supposed to be i i think it's a it may become a platform that's like sort of second life ish you have an avatar you can walk around this like virtually designed world and they had set it up they being the folks at exola who also you know set me up with press access so thank you for that they basically set up what looked like a very small like a like a small outdoor carnival and so different exhibitors had booths that you could walk around and visit um, you couldn't interact a ton they basically just had a video on loop uh, a sort of short video of whatever their like gameplay or trailer or whatever and then if somebody from the team was standing at the booth like you would walk by and you could talk to them about the game it was actually, it was kind of surreal. It got to, to be overwhelming mm-hmm. at a moment uh, because I just hadn't had the chance to go to any game shows. Like I'm, I'm still mentally grappling with 
not doing any more game events this year in person. And so having this experience where like you walk around in this space and you hear people having conversations as you walk by because uh, they have this special thing in game where it controls how much of another person's mic chat you hear based on how close your avatar is to their avatar. Mm -hmm. So it would feel like walking by them in a hallway or something and all of a sudden hearing their conversation. Of course, you hear it way clearer than you would if you were on a show floor. Right. And that can be <laughs> a little awkward, but uh, but it was really interesting. So were there any games that stood out to you during the festival? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because it, on one hand, it was a, a small-ish show, right? The area that you'd walk around and explore was pretty small, but there were six different instanced worlds that were all kind of like the same template, but different booths inside each of those templates. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it would be a little difficult to place mentally one thing or another but there were some folks that i i met that were they were you know some interesting ideas there's a game called wheel of fate which was actually how i found out about game dev carnival in the first place i got an email from uh the like canadian game exchange folks mm -hmm. and they were like hey do you want to schedule a time to meet with us at this game event and i was like no like <laughs> like what game event did you did you put this email together in January and it just like auto sent? I didn't realize that there was a digital game event taking place at all. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I wanted to make sure that I checked that game out. And it seems cool. It's a game that essentially it's got some of the like roguelike style action, but mm -hmm. it is powered by AI. So as you go through and make different decisions, the game will like dynamically react to what in-game items it should offer you, the ways that your enemies attack you, things like that. So mm -hmm. they've got some ways that apparently they have branching narrative as well, but they really are trying to focus on creating this dynamic game mechanic experience. Right. So that seems really neat. That's cool. Yeah, I think I've heard of Wheel of Fate and I just hadn't gotten the chance to play it. So that's really cool that uh, they're showcasing digitally. Now I'm kind of, I want to play it now. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I think that there are um, there are so many different ways that this sort of digital display experience, I think, is is really cool. Mm -hmm. A, it, the ability to meet developers who perhaps would attend events that I never would have known about. So Digital Dragons is this event that takes place in Europe. It's a mm -hmm. game show for indies that I had literally never heard of before. There are people who are at Game Dev Carnival who were saying like, yeah, you should check out this Digital Dragons event. And I was like, what? Okay. And I sounded very ignorant for not knowing what Digital Dragons is. Well, I don't think that you were, though. I mean, there's so many digital events happening and they're really like a lot of them are coming together at the last minute to try and both make up for any physical events that weren't able to happen as well as now there is an opportunity for digital events to happen. So they're like trying these things. So I think. I know I'm looking up these things every day and I still feel like I didn't know about Digital Dragons, for example. Yeah. And and from what I understand, Digital Dragons is a is a sort of established physical indie game show in mm -hmm. Europe. And so it's just interesting to remember how much I do not know 
mm-hmm. it's been exciting to be able to meet people from a bunch of different spaces. And these digital game events give us opportunities to connect in ways that we couldn't otherwise. And at much, much cheaper uh, yeah. <laughs> than in doing it in person. For sure. There, there were developers for a game called Legend of Eternal. It takes a, a bit of a, a Zelda-style approach to some 2D platforming-based combat. It looks super cute. Mm-hmm. Lucid Dream Studio apparently is a it's a indie dev operation that was put together by a couple of folks who were originally in the AAA space, and mm-hmm. it was like their dream to start their own indie studio. So they like grinded in AAA for a while, making money and stockpiling it so that they could end up working on their own indie project. And so that I think those were the kinds of moments that really stuck out to me. Were like it's cool to see a steam storefront like you know like ludo Naricon or like the the mm. spring game mm-hmm. festival where you have this like list of games that you're really interested in you can watch content from uh from the various creators and see things behind the scenes but there is something really unique about being able to actually have discussions like one-on-one voiced discussions with people mm-hmm. that just i i did i, tr- I cried on stream it was bad <laughs> oh <laughs> Yeah, it was bad. Um, It's just, I and I I said this on stream, I didn't realize, like, going to game shows has been a part of my life for the last 10 years. I spend a significant amount of my time and my money each year to travel around the country because I'm lucky to do so. Mm -hmm. Um, And to see friends and to spend time celebrating this medium that I've dedicated no small portion of my life to. And so all of a sudden, you know, coronavirus shows up and now all of these events are canceled. And, mm-hmm. you know, on top of that, you're doing social distancing and all those kinds of things. So it was just it was overwhelming in a way to get an opportunity to have what kind of felt like being at a game show. Right. It was just, yeah, it was, it was pretty great. I'm, I'm still very, very thankful for that experience. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I'm. I was bummed because I saw you were streaming it at the beginning of the day, and then later you had messaged me and you were like, tune in. I was really bummed because, you know, I was working and I, I could only experience it through sort of lurking in the stream, but it looked really cool. I have to admit, because a couple other uh, folks reached out and I've heard them talking about events like this one where there's a digital quote physical festival or event (laughs) which is for me i was like wait what like why what i i don't know like is this too meta is this too right i I wasn't sure what to think of it but when i was peeking in and i got to see you wandering and it was really cool and it did make me miss events quite a bit um yeah i i can't wait till we can kind of get back to that, I don't think I think will be really cool. It'll be really interesting to see how events continue to evolve after even after we're done with social distancing. Mm-hmm. The ability for just a wider audience to access these games, like no publisher or developer is gonna ignore the fact that these digital events are really successful and yeah. are reaching a ton of people. I think. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how in the future these digital events will combine with physical events. Because I don't think physical events, if it, they're possible to be done, I don't. I hope they don't go anywhere. Because I think there's something really special that happens when you have an event like a PAX or 
Right. I never really got the full E3 experience, but even something like that, I think there is something that you can't quite capture in a digital event. And so I hope that we're not, I don't think we're going away with those, but yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like there were multiple developers who I, I talked to that were talking about like, this would be something like this would be a great idea for E3, right? Mm -hmm. Where their budget is kind of questionable. Their like purpose, quote unquote, is a little undefined. I agree. I would love to see like when a PAX happens to be able to see a storefront that focuses on all of those different things that we're showcasing at PAX. Mm -hmm. Well, that puts a lot of, you know, that puts extra work on the developers. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think that you at Rose City have seen traction from saying, hey, you can play the demo here or you can jump on Steam mm -hmm. and play it at home. Yep. You know, being able to put together an infrastructure where a person can say like, oh, well, I'm excited about PAX. I'm excited about E3. I can't go. But now I can at least like see the demos or mm -hmm. or watch trailers or wish list the games that I, I know were at the show. That seems like a a very solid get for everyone, even though, again, that does add to the workload that obviously the developers have to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I also am really questioning, like, for some of these platform holders like Steam, right? How much money are they pulling on something like this? Right. Because... <laughs> Steam isn't exactly known for being uh, quite equitable with its rev share, so I don't know if how their um, I don't know how their storefront handles some of these events, mm -hmm. and I don't know how much it costs to get something to like show up. So right, yeah, and I'm not sure about that back end stuff either. Like for Ludonericon, were they just really excited and agreed to feature it because it's like a really cool thing that just brings people into Steam, which is great for right. them too. So yeah, I don't know how that entirely works. So that'd be it'd be really interesting to see, especially with more and more events having to be digital and more and more folks having to rely on platforms like Steam, how that continues to evolve. Yeah. Yeah. I I know we're we're running a little long, but I think we would be remiss to not talk about TikTok a tale for two. Mm -hmm. We should have started with that, to be honest. We should have. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was, I, oh my gosh, that game. Yeah. I think probably one of my favorite games I played in a long time um, yeah. in terms of how it surprised me, which doesn't happen super often with games. Like I think I'm, I get a lot of joy from games, but I don't often get like that moment of, oh my gosh, I never saw this coming because I did not see what was coming <laughs> at the twist at the end. Yeah, it it is, I, I think it is a truly wonderful game. And again, let's go ahead and give credit where it's due to the amazing Jenny Wyndham oh my gosh. for recommending that we play this game. So TikTok A Tale for Two, which was developed by Other Tales Interactive. This is a game that dropped uh, actually just over a year ago. And it is a multiplayer game that is designed for you to be able to play with one other person and actually no internet connection. Like you can both buy a copy of the game and just play it over the phone. Mm -hmm. Each of you are looking at a screen and you're going through this story where you're learning about this woman and her sister as they like one of them has disappeared and you're going through this mystery of trying to figure out what happened. But each of you are looking at uh, very similar screens, 
but you're handling different portions of these puzzles by like communicating what you're seeing on the screen and trying to sort of like divine what your next step needs to be. I, and I've played games where it's like, oh, it's co-op and you both have to work together, but it feels like something you could have done by yourself. This is not that game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was, this was, <laughs> I really, I'm still like processing what it was like to play this game because yeah, I think you summed it up perfectly. This is not a game that you could, I could even imagining, imagine trying to play myself. And I think that's right. what made it feel so neat is that it was a co-op game where I actually really had to depend on the, the context you were giving me, the clues you were giving me, on me communicating with you so that we could like team up and piece the puzzle together um, in terms of the, the, the puzzles we had to solve. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> like, and it, it felt very like if anyone really enjoys escape rooms or like the Rusty Lake series, I don't know if you, if you played any of them. Oh, I haven't heard of the Rusty Lake oh, games. Oh my gosh. If, if you are someone who wants like an escape room puzzle game experience, um, that feels mm -hmm. very like almost Twin Peaksy, <laughs> I guess th those are, that's a great series as well. Wow. Um, so if anyone is a fan of Rusty Lake and they like want to play it with somebody like this is like the perfect game to do that. It was just so wonderful to finally play it because this is a game that uh, I said it on stream, but I saw this at like my first PAX and mm -hmm. it wasn't out yet. And I remember just wanting to play it immediately. And so I bought it as soon as it came out and just never I was like, nope, I got to wait for like the right person, the right time. And so I'm so happy that you were also into playing something like this oh i'm i'm touched that you're <laughs> willing to to share this game experience with me yeah and, and honestly that's also another part of why i'm sure i feel so strongly about this game right mm -hmm. like it, it's really not even about social distancing like it has been such a great opportunity to like work with you and get to know you over time this does feel like the kind of game where your ability to communicate with each other is it it affects sort of how you feel about the game as a whole i can imagine playing true. This with somebody <laughs> i can imagine playing this with somebody and just walking away really frustrated mm -hmm. but i think you and i have had years of experience to try and like figure out each other's habits and there are places where you're like Okay, we're just going to let Josh talk for a little bit and then eventually I'll get to make my point. <laughs> and like um being able to I think adapt to each other's styles makes makes the gameplay experience fluid and by the time you get to the end of it you feel like you've really shared something special. Mm -hmm. So I really uh I I really appreciate that we had the chance to to play that together. Yeah. And the the vod for folks who are interested is still up on the Twitch channel, but do know that it shows both of our screens and we are going through puzzles. So if you do plan on playing it with a friend or, you know, whoever, I would recommend not watching the VOD and just taking our word for it and picking it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're not trying to like hold back on any, like, I think we very early on were like, oh, I'm the ending. Or at least right. I was like the ending because the, the ending is just so good. But yeah, trying not, we're not trying to like, what is that when you hold hold the there's a saying and I, I bury the lead bury the lead thank you i was gonna say hold the phone but that's not <laughs> that's not what we're trying to do and there are very few games where i really emphasize this but don't 
look anything up about it if you want to play it. Just go in as blind as possible, other than this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. It, it really, really is. It's one of those games, like, okay, this game and the way that it unraveled put it up to, like, ah. Uh, I almost don't want to say this because this is like super high praise in my eyes, but Uh-oh. like, uh oh, is she gonna say it? It's like almost like to journey into the moon level. I know. Of, like, okay, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Okay, because like, I there are certain games that are just like burned into my memory where you find out something that happens in the game and everything like explodes in your brain, mm-hmm. and like Journey had that for me. To the Moon had that for me, and like. That happened for TikTok a tale for two. Like, uh, my face wasn't on the stream. Thank goodness, because honestly, I probably looked just a mess because I was just <laughs> like, what the heck? It was unreal. So I think for me, that was just, re- that was what was so exciting is that this was a game that as I was experiencing it, as we were playing it, I was like already into it. And then things happened. And I know for sure it's like burned into my memory now. So. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, I, I think it was, it was, it it was <laughs> soap poisoning. No, um, it was that kind of game where you don't realize it's like putting together a jigsaw puzzle, but not seeing the picture. Mm-hmm. It would be like putting it together upside down, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then when you finally get to flip it over and like see the picture you've put together and you're like, whoa, Mm -hmm. that was really cool. Yeah. And I I would also point out that one of the nice things about this is that you could play it on practically any platform. It's available on PC, but it's also available on mobile, Android or iOS, iPad. And because, again, there's no internet connection involved. There's no servers. There's no whatever. It's just player one and player two see different things and progress among you know progress through this essentially locally installed game it doesn't matter if you're both playing on the same platform like i think you said you were playing on your ipad while i was playing on pc um or i was actually i was playing on my pc because the stream okay. um because i would oh that's right, that's right. Shared. but yep. i do have it on my phone um okay because i I bought it twice for some reason. <laughs> I think I bought it on my phone, um, and I, I think later on they had given me a key. So this is like the oh, world's nice. latest um, coverage ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but one of the nice things, though, I think about what we do for IntelliGame is that we try to focus on not just whatever the newest, hottest thing is, but what are the game experiences that can be really powerful to you whenever like a game doesn't lose mm. its ingenuity or its genius just because it's a year old mm-hmm. yeah some some games are less revolutionary or yeah. perhaps uh will not age well because of time right. and the way that we grow as a society but I think that there are a lot of games out there that can be fairly strong over time. And I think this is one of those games. I I was I was very disappointed when I got to the end. And I was like, I don't feel like there are other experiences that we could do that are like mm-hmm. this. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure there are other games to to kind of go through together. We played what was it, 39? 39 days, days to, to Mars. Mars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was a fun 
co-op puzzle solving experience. And that one was a little bit more lighthearted. I think the the sort of dark, mysterious atmosphere of TikTok A Tale for Two was was engaging to me. Mm-hmm. I everybody here knows like I like dark and serious. But yeah, it's just it was nice to have an experience to share that really did feel like it played on our ability to know each other and to describe things to each other in a way that was really cool. I'm sure you could play it with a stranger, but I think it's it's good to play it with a friend. Mm-hmm. For sure. <sighs> okay, so I think that probably does us for this edition of the show. Uh, it's been good to chat with you, Jenny, and to talk about what we've been playing. Yeah. I'll try and, and diversify a little bit. I was thinking actually this week, I was like, I need to maybe play something more than Animal Crossing now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I it actually, though I would like to spend more time with Animal Crossing next week, I'm nervous that like I'm going to log back in and everybody will have moved out. And oh, like, no. You didn't, you didn't come see us last week. Did you, we thought you hated us, so we moved. And I don't know. But anyway. Thank you for hanging out, Jenny, and thank you, Intelligame audience, for listening to another edition of What We're Playing. If you like what you're hearing here, if you want to support more work that Intelligame does, I encourage you to look us up on Patreon. Patreon is a platform where you can choose a monthly donation that will help keep us afloat. It's also one of the best like revenue share options that we have for giving funds to Intelligame. So if you want to help keep this going, I encourage you to go to patreon.com slash us. Again, that's patreon.com slash us, and uh, help keep this and other shows and content you like going. Thanks a lot, folks. We will see you next week for Intelligame Radio. Until then, keep Intelligaming. You, you should, should say I bye, say, Jen. Should I? Oh, okay. I was like, I don't know. I felt... Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>